0: You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Michael Kist. You caught me not listening again. Benjamin Solak.
2: You never listen.
1: It's the Kist and Solak Show, presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 214. Brought to you by the Five Folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael NFL. That's K-I-S-T as always. Joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Ten Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K-Ben. How you doing, bud?
2: Everything is delicious, Mike. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I've enjoyed Jalen Hurts week. I've enjoyed Taysom Hill week. I think that... The amount of people who are predicting an Eagles win is delightful and inspiring. Yes. I think that that's fun. I think that the Eagles putting their 12th offensive line out for the last 13 weeks against currently the best defensive pass rush via adjusted sack rate is fun. These are things I'm excited about.
1: We're going to get into it. So we're going to do our Eagles Saints previews. A lot of takes out there as well about how the Eagles are going to perform in this one. So let's get into ours. You want to start with the Eagles offense against the Saints defense? Because that's really like the killer right that's that
2: yeah everybody's extremely interested and everybody's excited about
1: looking at the uh saints defense which is coordinated by dennis allen uh who might get some more head coaching interviews after this year i know he was i think he was requested by the dolphins if i'm not mistaken before brian flores was hired there but he's having a killer year for them they are second in dvoa they are fifth in points allowed per game only allowed 9.3 points per game in the last three outings they're kind of average on third down, which is weird on the year, but that's much improved recently. Uh, basically, the same goes for the red zone. There are some just, I mean, you look at the the talent there, the real high quality talent on, on this unit, whether it be up front with Cam Jordan or Trey Hendrickson, who has 10 and a half sacks right. on the year.
2: Sure. Which, Why the not?
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's also uh, David Onyemata. Uh, on the second level, Demario Davis, man, he's having a great year yet again. I think uh, he's not talked about enough as far as uh, some of the best linebackers in the league. Then you look at their secondary, you know that I've been a big fan of their safety, Marcus Williams, who is known for one of the you know sadder plays in franchise history, but since then has played really, really well. Uh, our old friend, Malcolm Jenkins is there and our draft crush. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson playing in the nickel with Marshawn Lattimore on the outside. A lot of talent on their side of the ball. And I could see them giving Mm -hmm. the Eagles and Jalen Hurts serious fits. And look, this is not ideal for your first start. And trust me, I'm not a big Hurts guy, right? I'm not saying he's going to go out there and kill it or anything like that. I'm also not interested in making excuses for him. But you don't have to be in love with the guy to know that this is a wood chipper that he's going up against that is playing their best ball of the season right now.
2: Yeah, that's that's the difficult thing is that I don't think for any quarterback, you're looking forward to going up against the Saints team talking about Dennis Allen, the Saints and this system. What do they do? Well, Well, firstly, they get to base and nickel, which gives them a good advantage against spread oriented teams. And it's worth noting, you know, Philadelphia, more 12 personnel uh, snaps than any other team in the league. They've got, uh, you know, they've been good at going heavy. They've been good at running out of heavy over the last couple of years. Well, once they installed Jalen Hurts into the Green Bay game, they went spread pretty quickly. Uh, they started to put yep. three wide receivers out in the field with a lot of frequency. They, when they had tight end, they was usually Dallas Goddard, and they often flexed him out. So They had four wide looks. They went more spread, and that's going to play into the, the strength of the Saints. The Saints get to base and nickel because, as we've talked about with Malcolm Jenkins before, listeners of previous seasons will know he's a linebacker right? At this stage in his career, he plays the overhang, he plays, you know, a, a quasi linebacker role. He's very infrequently on a deep drop. Athletically, that's not what's going to be best for him. But with his play recognition ability, with his instincts, with his toughness, physicality and tackling, Jenkins basically is, is their will linebacker. Uh, they acquired Quan Alexander at the trade deadline. So you've got Malcolm Jenkins, you've got now Quan Alexander as the second linebacker next to DeMario Davis, who DeMario Davis, one of the best Middle linebackers in the league, uh, and then Chauncey Gardner Johnson, as you brought up, they've got a safety playing the nickel. Their second level is unbelievably fast. They yeah. move; they're so quick. And Demario Davis, uh, you know, talk about Demario Davis, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, and a-, a budding star in Chauncey Gardner Johnson. The play recognition with those three is very, very impressive. Quan's always been a yeah. little bit of a guesser, going back to his days at Tampa, but with Demario, with Jenkins, and with with Chauncey Gardner Johnson, they identify and key very, very quickly, and they flow very, very quickly. This is a particular challenge for the Eagles offense, how you expect it to look with Jalen Hurts, because what are they going to try to do? Leave some of those guys unblocked and make them wrong. RPOs and with read option plays. Uh, You know, when we talk about you know the uh, the bash counter on which Jalen Hurts had an explosive run against the Ravens, right? You got two guard, guard a tackle pulling this way, you got the back going the other direction of the pullers, you got a mesh point on unblocked edge, all of this with the hope of making a linebacker wrong or well, the second yeah. level defender look like an idiot. And if you get him in the wrong spot, explosive gain. For those who watched the Ravens Cowboys game, the Lamar Jackson touchdown in the second quarter was that play. It was counter GT bash, so. Two pullers back going the wrong direction. And everybody was laughing at 55 Leighton Van because he had absolutely no idea where the football was. That's what you want to do with that sort of an offense. You're going to take, you're going to bring players into the box and you're going to manipulate them and make them look foolish. You're going to beat them in space. This Saints defense is very, very difficult. To do that against, because of the the speed and the processing power of their second level defenders, and not to mention the very strong run defense of interior guys like David Onyemata and their outside guy like Cameron Jordan, both of whom are very very strong against the run. So this team, this this defense is quite a good defense. They've been playing well because of their speed in the second level, not to mention they got corners in Marshawn, Lattimore, Jenoris Jenkins, who can live on islands. and That's how you get those second level players. But they've been playing well for the, the, the speed of their second level and for the strength of their defensive line. And when you look at how Philadelphia is going to want to win with Jalen Hurts, that does not play well into the Eagles' hands. That, that gives the Saints on defense A good opportunity to stop early down runs, get the Eagles into the third and longs, force them to pass with Jalen Hurts, and then obviously that's where you hope to generate your sacks and your interceptions.
1: So when you look at it and when you looked at the film, I had actually come in while you were finishing the film of the Mm -hmm. Eagles and kind of prep for this going through it again, and I had watched all the passing plays for the Eagles to kind of see where Hurts was at. And it was interesting to me because there were parts to to like, and I and I kind of talked about this on the the quarterback factory with Bark Schofield. So go back and listen to that if you want more of my thoughts on it. But I thought he was late on some things. I think he did mentally miss some things, but he was calm and confident in the pocket. He was able to navigate it well when they put a spy on him. That kind of broke him a little bit, but he also had some nice bucket throws and he created like it was okay, and then it wasn't, and it was okay again. Like it was a it was a bit of a mixed bag. What can you really expect from him in this game, given what you've seen from him so
2: far? Yeah. So I think when you go back to what Jalen Hurts was at Oklahoma, and I've said before that he really improved as a passer at Oklahoma. How did he get better? Accuracy improved. Deep accuracy went from really like at times untenable to passable. Uh, and then willingness to be a pocket passer also stepped up from what was you know, arguably previously untenable to then passable. What remained an issue for Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma was passing beyond his first read, passing with timing, uh, and seeing underneath defenders. When you watch, that, that's at Oklahoma, right? When you go to the NFL, the first box you want to check is do the physical traits still look like they can hang? And they certainly do. Hurts doesn't have the strongest arm, but he has an NFL caliber arm. Hertz clearly is an NFL caliber mover at quarterback, right? So in terms Ooh. of his his physical attributes, arm strength, arm distance, and then escapability, ball in hand on the run, checks the boxes. Again, it's not he's not going to be hammering thirteen yard throws like Wentz was to the sideline. You know what I mean? Wentz had a cannon, but it's passable. It works. It's NFL caliber. So we check those boxes. Uh, he's clearly got the physical tools necessary. When we go and we step to the mental aspect of his game against the Packers, he was lacking. And this is should be unsurprising and expected. It's not like, oh, no, you know, oh the Eagles did a bad pick. No, when they took Jalen Hurts at 53, there was a reason he was there at 53. And it was because the mental part of his game as a passer was yet incomplete. I think he's 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 attractive. Like, he, I think he's a good risk manager, which is nice, right? Like Wentz's mental process remains incomplete because he's a poor risk manager, right? Mental process Ooh. encapsulates a lot of things when we talk about basically just decision making with the ball in your hand, right? That's the, the phrase that we use. So I think he's a good risk manager. I don't think that he intentionally puts the ball in harm's way. There's times where his vision fails him with second-level defenders. I think he expects X, Y, and Z to happen based off of the backfield action and the play action where his eyes are, and sometimes he can just forget to, to check his P's and Q's, right? To minus his P's and Q's with who's where, and he'll get caught in some trap coverages. But more concerningly, because I think that's something that you can iron out with him with more experience, you know, if you're going to get heavy boxes, which he did against the Packers, if you're going to get multiple underneath zone defenders, which he did against the Packers, right? They were, they ran man cover with two two guys underneath, right? Occupying the running back, occupying Hurts in the case he broke with a quarterback spy. If you're going to get those looks, you have to be able to make your throws outside to the sideline because that's where you're going to get your one-on-one coverage. They're going to clog between the hashes to not let you RPO them, right? Running glances, running curls in the RPO game take away your quarterback running game as well. And they're going to go isolated on the outside. You have to make them pay there on those throws. Hertz was late and inaccurate. Uh, it, the, um, the Alshon Jeffrey pass interference on fourth and eight was the best throw he had. And obviously he got nullified for a pass interference. That was part of the reason why Jeffrey was so open. Um, but he yeah. had a, he had a stop route to Travis Fulgham on which he was late. He had a, a, a later Alshon Jeffrey stop route on on the right sideline to which he was inaccurate. Uh, And a lot of that has to do with if you don't have uh, a good release to get that quick three-step hitch release, and go. If you have an elongated release and you don't get ideal drive power on the football, you might be on time with your process, but the ball isn't arriving when it should be. And that's where those arm strength concerns start to come up. So your your, your primary worry with Hurts is the timing of that process. I think if there's anything that you'd like to watch and see him get against the Saints— it's alright, I'm up in line of scrimmage. I've got man coverage with Marshawn Lattimore, isolated X, Alshon Jeffrey. I've got he's he's on a nine route, he can stop it at 12 yards, depending on how Lattimore plays him. I got a three-step, and I'm either driving this thing back shoulder if I'm reading that it's a stop, or I'm dropping this thing deep in a bucket if I if I'm reading a go pattern from Jeffrey, right? That's my pre-snap look. All right, Set Hut, three-step hitch, and he's got to be able to get that ball such that it is on time with Jeffrey's break on the stop route or it's on a good location for him to attack it in the air or over the outside shoulder on the deep route. That timing's got to be good. Even if, you like, the accuracy isn't great, Okay, like that's, you know, mechanically he could use some work, jitters, whatever. He's got to be able to know pre-snap that that's where he's going. That's usually where he's strong. But I think that that in his first first game as a pro, you saw uh, some concerns there. So the biggest issue for me was uh, against the Packers was that timing to the outside patterns, which he needs to have if he's going to really milk his running threat for all it's worth. He's got to be able to make you pay outside of the numbers to that point. The best thing you saw from Hertz was undoubtedly pocket escapability, right? I mean he was regularly outside of a pocket, in which he was receiving pretty pretty frequent pressure. The Packers spied him, and that led to a sack uh you also got a coverage sack where he you know he, he tried to scramble he didn't throw the ball away took a couple yards of a sack uh, and so he, he's got to get a little bit better decision maker outside of the pocket and also has to acknowledge the teams will try to take that away from him and against the Eagles offensive line they'll be able to get pressure with four and put that spy on top of him at times you've just got to be able to throw the ball away but that's a lesson for all rookies to learn pocket presence and escapability uh, presence, not so great. Escapability, really good. And that's a very positive sign because it's going to turn negative plays into positives. It's going to help your offense stay on the field more. We talked about this on the postgame show. Uh, so that that's the big positive. We we'll hope that continues against the Saints. The big thing to watch is that timing on those outside and outbreaking routes. That's where Hurts as a passer needs to mature quite quickly.
1: Yeah, I would like to see him on on time with those for sure. And when you look at this line, we'll we'll get our prediction here. The Saints are favored by seven points. The over-under is set at 43. Ben, do math.
2: Oh, it's (laughs) 18.5 to 25.5, I want to say. Or you said it's at 43, so it's 18
1: to 25. Okay, I was going to say you can't score a half point, idiot. Team totals can be half. Yeah, 18 to 25. (laughs) So, do the does the Eagles' offense score more or less than eighteen? I'm gonna go under, man. Like a lot of people think that this team is just gonna come out there and, and be on fire against the Saints, brother. I mean, for reasons that we'll detail as we you know continue through this thing, but for the reasons we have just detailed with the Saints' defense, I can't really see it, man. And I don't see Hurts. I don't see the offense being much different with Hurts in terms of success. Which like not a knock on him, yeah. There's there's surrounding factors, and he's a rookie and everything like that. But like this again, this thing is just a buzzsaw. I'm gonna go under. What about you?
2: Yeah, uh, listen, the Eagles are in their all black uniform, so we should take that oh. into account, right? You know, uh, Seamus <laughs> has officially declared it not a panic move. It's just good energy. Us, uh, so that's also an important <laughs> note. Uh, appreciate Seamus for walking us through that. But I I don't think they score more than eighteen points. I'm not sure they score more than ten. Uh, you look back through historical performances for quarterbacks in their first ever start you are like two times more likely to have that quarterback scored zero touchdowns versus having him score at least one touchdown i think only like two Ooh. quarterbacks in their first start over the last 15 years or last 10 years excuse me have scored more than one touchdown uh so it's just not a day it's not a, a, an expectation that that there's going to be a ton of offense From the offense, explosive runs, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott with Jalen Hurts back there get some number advantages. Sure. Defensive special teams touchdown. Would love to see it against a guy like Taysom Hill. You should be able to generate some turnovers, even though the Eagles have three turnover, three interceptions from their defensive backfield this year, which is a tie for League Low because they're absolutely terrible. But I just don't see how, how, how that amalgam, even if you get a special team score again, that combination, all that combined effort gets you to 18 points. I don't see it in the cards. 100%
1: 100% with you there. So a bit of a Debbie Downer in this one. All right, Ben, when we come back here on the Kiston Solak Show, we'll flip sides of the ball, talk about the Saints offense led by Taysom Hill. That's coming up next here on the Kiston Solak
0: Show. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prof G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself.
1: And we are back here on the Kissed and Solak Show episode 214. We are covering the Eagles Saints preview here. So we already did the Saints defense against the Eagles offense. Let's flip sides of the ball. Let's talk about this Saints offense. Looking at the Saints offense, uh, it's a little wild that they're still eighth in DVOA and fifth in scoring, despite having Drew Brees completely unable to push the ball downfield. I think one of the lowest average intended air yards in the uh, in the league. And now Taysom Hill. Uh, is starting who, to his credit, I, I don't know if he's been necessarily as bad that he was thought to be by many. I don't think he has been good either. Uh, <laughs> still, there is a difference between um, having Breeze and Hill or even Teddy Bridgewater in there, as, as many will talk about the 8-0 record that these Saints have with backups over the past two years. This is from our pal Seth Galina at PFF underscore Seth. He says, the defense when Breeze has started is giving up a point zero two EPA per play with a 44% success rate. When the backups have played, they are giving up a negative 0.18 per play EPA.
2: Right. So that's one-fifth of a point less per play. And there's like 65, 70 plays on defense. Or yeah, 60, 65 plays on defense for an NFL team. Right.
1: And they're they're having a 37% success rate, or they're allowing a 37% success Mm -hmm. rate. So that's 7% better than when Breeze is in there. So that defense has really stepped up and been the difference maker, as we've we've talked about in the first half of the show. And, and seeing as Seth is a miserable Saints homer, I asked him about the Saints offense with Taysom. And he told us it's basically the same offense with, as with Breeze, but like a few more design quarterback runs. For me, it, their success starts up front with their tackle duo, Ryan Ramchek, Teron Armstead. Uh, the weapons are good. Obviously, Michael Thomas versus Darius Slay is a continuation of Slay's murderer's row of wide receiver one shadows. And then, of course, there is the, uh, the reason that the Saints are second in running DVOA. The dual threat, Alvin Kamara, who, by the way, I, I noticed this when I was looking up his uh, stats today, only needs 11 more catches to have exactly 81 catches four years running. Yes. Yeah, a 81 champion. in 2017. He's the greatest player ever In <laughs> 2018 and 81 in 2019. He sets a goal and he hits it right on the head. What are the odds of that? Anyway, I digress. Ben, your thoughts on the Saints offense, go.
2: Right, so... Here's you, you brought over the Seth set stat. I'll hit you with a Ben Fennel stat. Uh, those who, who know Ben Fennel, of course, from the uh, uh, Eagles Eye in the Sky podcast and during the draft with Fran Duffy. Uh, two, 41 quarterbacks have 100 dropbacks in 2020. The leader in completion percentage is Drew Brees at 72.5. Second is Taysom Hill, 69.3. <laughs> Adjusted completion percentage is the same. Brees is 81.4 and Taysom Hill is 80.5. They went from one of the most historically accurate quarterbacks. To Taysom Hill, who even if you think is good, is not one of the most historically accurate cornerbacks. Right. And remain extremely competitive in in their catch rate and in their success. And it's funny because you brought up the Alvin Kamara stat. One of the questions, one of the, the concerns with Taysom Hill in that offense is Breeze targeted Kamara so heavily. And Kamara really hasn't received nearly the same target attention of Uh, from Taysom Hill as he did from Drew Brees so before uh Taysom Hill took over the starting job against Atlanta uh you were averaging nine targets a game for a running back in Alvin Kamara he has had six total targets over three weeks so two a game with Taysom Hill so the the character of the offense has shifted to some degree but the success remains which is obnoxious and 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 is a testament to (laughs) Sean Payton Pete Carmichael or not Pete Carmichael uh yeah, Pete Carmichael. Yeah, Pete right? Carmichael? Yeah, yeah, he's the yeah, offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, yeah.
1: He might get some. He might get some looks for uh, at some head coaching jobs uh, right. this year too.
2: By the way, shout out Pete Carmichael, who's doing doing it for all of us guys who don't look like we should know football, but do <laughs> because man, Pete Carmichael looks like an accountant. It's just I agree. he's got the wireframes. Like he just got. He's a, not a football guy, sort of an aesthetic, and I can say that because I am with you, buddy, and that's how we do it. Uh, so I claim <laughs> Pete Carmichael is mine. But anyway. <laughs> um, Right, so the, the, the nature of the offense has changed. What, what are we looking at? There's a lot more under center drops, which is interesting, because you would expect with Taysom Hill and the running threat that he was uh, – that the Saints would want to keep him in shotgun as much as possible to threaten the, the read option as much as possible, but they actually are running it under center a fair bit more, and they're dropping it back from under center. They get the into their rollout game, and that cuts the field in half for Taysom Hill. We talked about what that might do for Carson Wentz and the advantages and the disadvantages of that. They're able to cut the field in half. They have a really, really nice rollout series on their passing game they're not just like the eagles every single time being like oh our tight ends gonna turn around and no one's (laughs) gonna know he's there like no they've actually got some creative ideas and they they do a good job they they use a lot of motion they got multiple tight end sets uh with 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 josh hill and, and jared cook get those guys moving around obviously get michael thomas in the flow and they're able to get a lot of easy targets off that for hill the reason rollouts work for hill is a he can be his own check down right he can run and B, he's not a good field processor, uh, and, and and Hill's got a nice arm. You know, he can throw it. Uh, obviously, his his deep accuracy has been scatter shot, but he 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 can reach places. He can he can throw some tough windows. That second game against Atlanta, specifically, he was throwing some intermediate heaters on some sit routes. Like you know, he he's willing to to beat it in there. But mentally, field vision wise, for a guy who just has not played quarterback in X number of years at the NFL level. Uh, You know, he just doesn't see open players. Uh, And so the biggest thing for Philadelphia is if you can get him to hold the ball, he does not have pocket presence. He will run his way into sacks. Uh, He he, at the first sign of pressure, he wants to break, you know, and like we've talked about how that helps jalen hurts it certainly helps the saints offense but it does help you run into sacks as well you'll run into pressure this would be a big game for loopers twisters and stunts from philadelphia something they don't do a ton of but they simply must integrate more into this game and i I imagine they will they've done that before against mobile quarterbacks because uh you want him to feel space to a side of the pocket work to that space and then a free rusher come right down his throat, right? Like he's, right. he's, because he doesn't have a lot of experience working a pocket, he'll get suckered in by that, right? You're feeling all your rushers moving to your right. So you take a a, a half step to your left and all of a sudden that's where the looper is coming, right? Is right around that corner. Uh, so the, so the, the, they have to be able to include more stu- uh, twists and stunts. Uh, Denver did this with a ton of success. Sacked Taysom Hill uh, uh, many, many times. But the other thing that Denver does is they disguise their coverage shells. Uh Denver's a Vic Fangio defense. They start the snap too high and then they move players around. They bring the weak safety down, they bring the strong safety down, they put the corner back and they run quarter, quarter half, they run six, they run match zone, they run a ton of stuff. Vic Fangio's very good at his job. That broke Taysom Hill. Broke him. Because when you're a poor processor, if there are safeties moving after the snap, you're frozen. And if you're if you don't believe me, watch any Carson Wentz film from 2020. There are safety movie safety's moving after the snap. It's a nightmare done. situation. Car, uh, Taysom attempted sixteen passes against the uh, uh, the Broncos, completed nine. That's fifty six percent completion percentage. Which remember, Taysom's overall completion percentage as a quarterback this year is seventy percent. Uh, so fifty six percent completion percentage. Uh, he had a, an interception, threw for seventy eight yards, which is four point eight yards per attempt. It was by all intents and purposes a bad football game passing the football against the broncos he also uh uh, took i want to say four sacks against the broncos i can't remember anyway that performance is largely because they made him hold on to the football and they moved safeties around, and it flabbergasted him. He would get his first read open, but it just didn't look like he how it expected, he expected it to look pre-snap, and he was frozen. He would hitch, 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 very, again, like very Wensy, where he's just like, ah, just hitching into nowhere. This is a hitch. Hitching is good. Hitching gets me time, and then all of a sudden, he's like in Bradley Chubb's lap. It's like, right. buddy, like, you just got to chill out a little bit. Uh, he's yeah. very, Taysom is great on a three-step hitch. Every drop, three steps a hitch, three steps a hitch, three steps a hitch, even when it does not make sense, which I respect. Um, Atlanta. As opposed to Denver and Raheem Morris, the D- the defense coordinator and interim head coach there, is far more static. Far more, here's single high, we're dropping cover three. Here's single high, we're dropping cover three. Here's single high, it's cover one man. Here's single <laughs> high, we're dropping cover three. Uh, right. he's, he's far more static in his pre- to post-snap looks. And when you look at Philadelphia's defense, and you try to figure out which bucket they fall into... It's the static bucket, and it has been yep. since day 100%. one for Jim Schwartz. They will line up in man coverage and tell you they're doing it. And if you sit in man coverage against Sean Payton and you just let him throw Michael Thomas wherever he wants in the formation with ninety-five thousand different options attached to his route, you're going to die, right? Yep. You're you're gonna. It's not going to be successful for you. You have to be able to play zone. You have to be able to show man and play zone. You have to be able to show too high and play one eye. And they've been doing more too high. They have been this year. We're bi- recently we're big fans of that. <laughs> but they, that has to be a a, a a cornerstone part of the game plan to right. force Hill to th- hold the football, and then this guy's not like we talked about Wilson and Rogers getting out of pressure and buying time. Hill is not buying time. He's either getting sacked or he's tucking. And right. and again, if you're playing man coverage, you're gonna get ripped to shreds because nobody's gonna be looking at him when he tucks and runs. But if unless, you're, unless you
1: got the uh, the low hole man defender, the rat defender, something like that, unless sure. You want like to watch that, Alex
2: yeah. Singleton race Taysom Hill in open space? Not at all. <laughs> this is <laughs> what I'm talking about. Uh ill he'll, still's an athlete. He can move. Uh and so yeah. you you have to be able to make him hold on to the football, and then it's gonna be up to your front four to corral him inside the pocket, and that's where you want your stunts, your games, and your levels to all be sound.
1: You mentioned Michael Thomas. He's got the matchup with Slay. I'm gonna do a little over under with you here. I don't know if you've seen the prop bet on it. I'm sure you have because I think you have a gambling addiction. But we'll go with I have uh,
2: not seen his prop, but I'm gonna <laughs> guess. Oh, I don't. I don't know his weekly stats for last few weeks. I'm gonna guess Michael Thomas receiving yards is at 60. I'll t- I'll, t- I'll tell seven. you what
1: his his last three weeks were. They were 104 yards, 50 yards, and 105. Now oh, Darius Slay 73 in the past two weeks has given up 160 to mostly DK Metcalf, and then 109 to mostly Devontae Adams. So are you over or under on? The, you said sixty. What? I, 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 let's,
2: I put it like 67, 70, 73. That's my guess. I'm finding it right now.
1: Let's 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 call it seventy. Yeah, over healthily or under. All
2: right, bet online doesn't have one yet. Uh,
1: Look at you. You really want to make this bet now? See, this is what I'm talking about. Well,
2: I like I, I like to operate with actually correct information. i just made up prop bets here. This isn't sort of one you can do math for. Oh, man. Welcome
1: to gambling with Kiston Solak.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to have somewhere in the 80s, right? Michael Thomas. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, receiving yards 73.5. What's up? It's your boy. Oh, man. <laughs> I can I could be a book. I could be a book. That, I should not be proud of this, but I am. Now I'm very I'm, happy with that.
1: <laughs> further evidence uh, going to my yeah. case. <laughs>
2: William Hill has him at 73.5, which I think is appropriately priced. Um, Right. I would agree. Yeah. I like, you know. Again, like, I, I think that Darius Slay is in line for a better performance than his stat sheet would indicate. Yeah. Because I think he's played better than his stat sheet would indicate. It also is Michael Thomas on a team with no other receiving option. So he could get 73 yards just because he gets 12 targets. You know what I mean? It's like right. a classic, you know, 10-catch, 70-yard game for Thomas. Like, that's that's pretty standard for him, at least it was last year. Um, yep. So I mean, yeah. you look
1: at slate 2 in the first what 10 games I guess it is he only gave up more than 50 yards twice mm-hmm. this is the those two games those last two games there's only you know triple right. digit games only over, only games over 100 for him so I, I do expect a return to form after kind of struggling against uh I don't know maybe the two best wide receivers in the league I think Thomas is a step down from that yeah. so
2: Yeah I I'm like I'm obviously Thomas is the player about whom you're the most worried uh when you look at that, you know, it's Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith are, are filling right, out right. the the sheet under him. And it's worth noting, like, they've been careful with Thomas's snap counts. You know, they've been keeping him on a relatively tight leash just because he hasn't been extremely healthy this year. Right. He had the ankle yeah. injury that took him out for about seven weeks this season. So like Traquan and Sanders both out snapped him last week against the Falcons. Now, that game was decided pretty quickly, um, but they'll, they'll rotate him more than they were in previous years is my point. Uh, so obviously, he's the player you're most worried about there. I will say that the Jared Cook, Josh Hill, Adam Troutman triumvirate of tight ends, they can all catch and Cook and Troutman can do it down the field. Uh, yeah. Hill can too, but is like not what he's there for. Play action, climb routes, everything that the, the Eagles could not cover against the Packers to guys like Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis, very prevalent in the Saints offense. So if you're worried about your explosives, that's not where Thomas makes his hay. It's where their tight ends do. Uh, and hmm. so that, that's something to watch out for there. Other thing is, I'm not sure Toron Armstead's playing this game. Uh, so I'm pretty sure it's James Hurst again at left tackle. Uh, Toron Armstead. Oh, that's right. Toron is banged up. Yeah, he's on the COVID list. Uh, I'm looking yeah. now. Yes, COVID out for the game against the Broncos. He's been out the last three weeks for COVID. Uh, he has played outside of his melon this year. Yeah. And James Hurst has not <laughs> done that. Uh, their backup <laughs> tackle, James Hurst, is not great um yeah
1: yeah so it's an opportunity
2: right yeah if we're talking about uh that's Derek Barnett's side so if he's healthy uh big game yeah. for Barnett against the left tackle James Hurst assuming Armstead is still out on the COVID list which I believe he is
1: final prediction for this game we both win under on the 18 points that Vegas is predicting for the Eagles seven point favorites are the Saints do you think they scored over or under 25 points what's your final prediction
2: so far this year when the Eagles have given up more than 25 points is been to a team that's extremely heavy in pre-snap motion, right? We've talked about this a little bit uh, uh, with the Packers, and I wrote about it as well. Their sixth, six highest point totals allowed have been to the teams that are top six in pre-snap motion and motion at the snap this year. Yeah. (laughs) What a coincidence. If you look at where the Saints are on that list, they're like top 10. I think they're right above the Eagles, actually, on that list as well. Yeah, they use a lot. They're a heavy motion team uh they're gonna run reverses they're gonna have quarterback runs they're gonna have a lot of things that the Eagles don't know how to account for in the running game uh and then obviously there's no reason to have faith in the Eagles passing defense so I would not be surprised if it's over 25 I think you're gonna get turnovers uh you know Hurts Hurts James Hurst Jalen Hurts Hurts has already put the football (laughs) on the ground a few times at the mesh point he nearly did it again against the Packers I didn't catch it at first but it's there on the replay yeah that's
1: that's yep. something I'm really worried about is getting those fumbles with him and Miles Sanders. Right, exactly.
2: Yeah. So I think you're going to get a stupid behind line of scrimmage fumble. I absolutely think you're going to get an interception, if not two. So short fields are going to spell points. Uh, and even when the Saints go to sit on the ball, their running game is so good that they can still move right. it down the field. Uh, and so to me, this is like 27 to 10, 27 Damn it. to <laughs> nine. Uh, now, the Eagles are absolutely going to go for a garbage, too. So like 27 to 13. Twenty-seven to eight. Twenty-seven to
1: eight. I'll change mine then to twenty-seven to eleven. I think they. I think they nail it on the two-point conversion.
2: Yeah, I gave them eight, and then then uh, with that eleven there, you're assuming Jake Elliott makes a field goal. How interesting. (laughs) Eight million well spent. Maybe they're
1: gonna be on the ten-yard line. Kelsey's gonna shoot a moon ball over Jalen Hurts' head. He's going to run it back to the 20-yard line, and he's going to hit a 47-yarder hit a or whatever whatever that is. That's that's what that's going to be. And then next week, he's going to miss an extra point. I don't Listen,
2: know. field goals are worth three points. Extra points are only worth one. Why would you make an extra point when you should make a field goal? Three times as <laughs> many points. Have you thought about this?
1: Just make extra points, three points at NFL.
2: Yeah. All right. Goward, yeah. Make kickers even more valuable.
1: Yeah. I yeah, it needs to be the opposite, Ben. I think that's going to do it for this uh, recap. Any last words for the dental listeners? Anything you want to throw out there? Any analysis? Hashtag analysis. This hashtag was a recap. Analytics? No, it was not. It was a preview. That was a good catch.
2: Yeah. No, I just I wanted to make sure I was talking <laughs> about the correct things. I didn't just change the show uh, yeah, on it is the phone. Friday. Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, it's Eagles Saints. It's probably not going to go well. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to watch the Steelers Bills game at on Sunday Night Football. That's gonna be a good I'm, one.
1: I'm very excited for that one. Actually, who do you think wins? Bills. You on the spot?
2: Bills. I think I took Bills in the in the uh, Bleeding Green picks. I'm four games behind BLG, so I have to start making some aggressive picks. Yeah, I do have the Bills.
1: Steelers are. This, this Steelers is going to be Steelers are a bit fraudulent.
2: This is my third year doing this. It's going to be my third year taking second. Ask me how I feel about that. How do you feel about? I that? I don't feel good about that. Like I'm, I'm very surprised upset by that, in that situation. <laughs> Nah, I think Bills are going to win it. Uh, you listen to Taylor Swift's new album yet? She got a new one out? Did she just drop one? Wow, you really were not sober last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she surprised dropped one. Uh, what was the... F- it's either Folklore or Evermore. It's whatever one she didn't release earlier.
1: Folklore is the one she released earlier. Yeah, so Evermore
2: <laughs> she released last night. I know oh. this. I'm I'm a pop pop cultured man.
1: I might uh I might have the I guess I I told you I have to have a Uber take me to my car since I left it at the bar <laughs> last night. I might have him play that if he if he will. Yeah. Uh, a special request from the back I seat. Hey it's Taylor Swift. Buddy. I know
2: you're a big Swifty. I don't watch out for my man. But yeah. Uh, that's good that's gonna be a fun weekend gonna watch college football be a good time thank you as always for listening to the kiss and soul act show here on bgm radio we do appreciate you swinging by the eels taking on the nfc contending saints in a game that could have been cool but unfortunately is not here on sunday i believe it's one o'clock four
1: four All, do they have like a month straight of uh, four o'clock games because the this?
2: league was like they're gonna matter and it <laughs> turns out they don't uh yeah so four o'clock on fox Dear God, don't let us have Troy Aikman. Uh, Four o'clock on Fox. We'll be with you for the immediate post-game recap, some post-game analysis. Jalen Hurts, winners, losers, and I don't know. All the good stuff that you've come to love and expect from us will be available for you as we close out this season. If you enjoy the show, enjoy the feed, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcasts. We only ever read the Apple ones. He's at Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael NFL. that's K-I-S-T. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak, that is S-O-L-A-K. We will talk to you after the game.
1: We all we got. We all we need. Fly Eagles, fly. P.G.N.